We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, Lord, today being Father's Day, I think it would be a really neat podcast to talk about our dads, to do a tribute of our dads, if there's any funny stories or what we admire about them, and also about our husbands. On Father's Day, I think there's lots to unpack with the two, the experiences we've had with our dads and the experiences we're having with our husbands being fathers. I think those are really neat things to unpack. So you want to talk a little bit about your dad or how do you feel about that? true. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, the the reality is everyone has a father. Um, Well... Or at least came from the seed of a father. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not a, not everybody actually has a father. We want to acknowledge that. Um, and so even on Father's Day, you know, sometimes it comes with a mixed bag, right? Mother's yes. Day, Father's Day. There's kind of a mixed bag there of, uh, you know, struggles, um, struggles in, in that relationship, in the, the relationship with a father and a child or... You know, just the complications of family life, maybe dysfunction in the family, maybe a divorce, maybe even a father not being present, um, and just the the abandonment of that. Um, Oh, it's it can be complex. Maybe the death of a father. um, There's a lot of complexities. Absolutely, I think that I just want to acknowledge even as we engage this conversation. Um, And I I'm really aware of that every time that we celebrate. Mother's Day or Father's Day, just that it does come with like a lot of both joy and celebration, but also pain. And also just the dynamics of your family, everyone's individual family, there's dynamics there. There's expectations there around Father's Day, right? Around like how one is celebrated, how one is honored, you know, is there high expectations? Is there no expectations? So yeah, it's an interesting thing. But um you know, if I had to reflect on my relationship with my dad or, you know, some things that I would say about my dad, you know, your dad and my dad, um, which is so funny when I think about it, but they met, you know, in a, I think it was like a new believers class in church um, and, you know, became friends, became family friends and have done life together for years and years and years and years, you know, Years later, your dad ended up moving away to where we live, but they've still maintained friendship and um, connection. And that's such a that's such a cool thing about our parents, uh, just the fact that they have a deep relationship and a very long relationship. But your dad and my dad, they're both German. They're both born in Germany and um, came over here uh, as young, young boys. So a similar like background mm-hmm. and sort of life experience that probably influenced how they raised us right Mm -hmm. they were probably grew up in similar homes and you know immigrant families started out quite poor having to learn a new Mm -hmm. language um, having to overcome a lot of barriers and even a lot of stigma around being an immigrant um, at that time Um, uh, my dad ended up changing his name his German name from Jürgen to Jerry Mm. just so that it was easier for people to pronounce and um, you know so he didn't get made fun of as much in school and and all of that and interestingly enough my dad somewhat not renounced his German heritage but when he became a Canadian citizen he just embraced being a Canadian and even sometimes we talk about you know our heritage you know of 
you know, the, the German heritage. And he, he's like, oh, he's like, that doesn't really have that much meaning to me anymore. Like I'm a Canadian and I've raised all of you as a Canadian and like, this is my future. And so he was really focused on, on that, which is also interesting. That being said, my grandparents, you know, held to sort of the German heritage and held that in our family, uh, for, as we were raised and all of that. Um, but my dad was very stable very stable man. Um, he, at a young age, got a job, um, you know, for General, General Motors company and uh, worked there his whole life, uh, you know, to the point of his pension, like very stable uh, provider for the family, high value of caring for the family and very, like, I, I've so appreciated even coming into adulthood, just his value of that, his value of caring for us, his value of making sure that all of our needs were met. And, you know, we didn't have like rich or anything like that. My mom stayed home for most of our lives. So, but we were loved and cared for and taken care of, care of and had what we need. And I just, I so appreciate that um, about my dad. Um, my dad was, when I was younger, um, probably like a little bit distant, I would say, uh, relationally, like he focused more on taking care of things rather and let my mom take care of the nurturing and take care of the child rearing and all of that. Um, it was a typical home of like, you know, wait till your father gets home, you know, if you needed a big (laughs) punishment or a big conversation. So had that sort of disciplinarian, um, side, or if, you know, you needed to have a big correction, like your dad was going to come in and bring that big correction. So even in that, there was sort of this idea of like a father as a disciplinarian. And it's interesting how sometimes we bring even some of those those qualities into our relationship with God sometimes, right? Like we see God as father, but sort of in this disciplinary sort of way of like approval or punishment or, you know, some of that. So I think that's a, a kind of another interesting observation. Um, my dad, you know, I would say that when I was growing up, he really valued us, you know, doing well in school, uh, you know, doing well in life, being kind to people, um, working, you know, being responsible, like all of these things were high values. And as long as those things were going well, you, you, you know, you kind of got the approval for that. If any of those things sort of fell to the wayside, you felt the disapproval of that, right? And so wrestling that out as an adult um, had some layers to it, had some layers. And it's so interesting because as my dad got older and as I got older into 18, 19, 20, into my young 20s, my dad actually really started to um, just have a change of heart, even with the Lord. I think my dad started to get a revelation of the father's love for him. And it sort of changed how he related to me, even in regards to all of those things. And so it's interesting to watch over the course of many, many years, just this, this sort of change from coming from this place of like approval, disapproval to no, actually, I just love you. And I'm just proud of you just because of who you are. And, uh, and so that's been a beautiful sort of healing, but also journey to go on with my own dad. Um, so yeah, so those are a couple of the things I would say about my relationship with my dad. I know. And I know your dad so well, which is so neat. Like us talking about the history of our parents because we met because of our parents yeah, who met in the new believers class, hit it off that German heritage. And then they kind of introduced us. I think we were five and six and we were both the oldest and you had siblings. I had two siblings and you had four other siblings. So yeah, it was just a really neat uh, journey that I've known your, your parents and my parents. So we were raised almost 
I don't want to say identical, but so similar. Very similar. Yeah. And mom my, stayed home. Exactly. Dad's worked. Yeah. That's right. My dad worked for a, like a mill. Dad was more authoritarian. Totally. Mom was more nurturer. Absolutely. Yeah. And my dad, you know, same thing. He worked at the, at the mill and he retired there and very stable, looked after the house because of that middle class one family income we never went without but we never had like the crazy vacations or luxuries but it was always our needs were taken care of we always had wonderful food my mom loved to cook and bake and my dad was very faithful with looking after our family and i'm so grateful for that stability growing up when i think about our my life as a child very similar to like some funny stories are like my dad had this thing with sleeping in and watching TV. Oh my gosh, my dad too. My dad totally <laughs> did too. It's a funny thing, but he kind of doesn't remember now. Oh my god! But gosh. we joke like as siblings about this. Okay, so what time were you allowed to sleep until? Okay, so think of Friday night. Yeah. We had youth. We'd yeah. be out to like one in the morning. Yeah. I was not allowed to sleep past nine o'clock in the morning. Like okay. that was a major sleep in. I was allowed to sleep until 10. That's it, 10. <laughs> but at 10 o'clock, like my dad yeah. would be so... He actually would be so offended that I was still sleeping. Like he would think it was just appalling, yes. like absolutely appalling. And he'd come down into my room and rip all the blankets off me and drag them <laughs> out into the hallway. Okay, this is so funny. It must be just how they were ra- like very similar. Like a work ethic thing yeah. or so, something. Even though yeah. what we were getting up to do, nothing. No, have breakfast <laughs> with the family, which is great. But then we had oh. church the next day. Yeah. And all of us served. Like our yeah, parents that was the served. only day we could sleep in. It was the only day. So yeah, nine o'clock. Now, okay, I didn't have the blankets taken off me. But you know what my dad would do? What? He would fill a cup of water and put it on my head in the on my pillow in the bed do you know how disgusting it is to have a wet <gasps> head oh my and i just remember gosh. he doesn't remember that we laugh as siblings we're like dad how do you not remember doing that he's like i never did that i'm like dad at nine o'clock that was it and it was like time for breakfast and we better be coming down by the second call like it was time like nine o'clock so that's a funny thing but same thing like really family breakfast on saturday mornings my parents faithfully serve the church like your parents my both of our dads d- drove the bus in bus ministry they did so much together our moms were in the nursery our moms did women's ministry i mean your mom led women's and my mom was behind the scenes making the coffee yeah <laughs> supporting no, your they mom lo- they love doing it together they did everything together your mom was at my house we, my mom was at your house but the dads i have to say about my dad like so faithful that way he was faithful in tithing yes very principled like very if principled. my dad believes something he believes it like it's you can't sway him it really is if it's a deep principle and conviction he will not be swayed very similar to with his german heritage it was almost like the, when he embraced the canadian nationalism it really was that and the same it's almost as we as kids associate more with being german than my dad even does yeah he kind of was like no we're somewhat. canadian we're and okay. I'm like, well, no, you were born in Germany. Like that's a, our Oma only spoke like she spoke a little bit of English, but mostly German. Like we, I grew up in hearing German with all my aunts and uncles, and that was kind of our life, our food, our traditions. But it's a very interesting, like, kind of embraced. Okay. So our dads probably had those conversations for many, many years, and race is very similar. And I have to say, with my dad, you know, he was not raised. He was raised in a very religious home. Okay. And I know my Oma loved God and went through a lot of trauma in the war. And uh, my grandfather was a lot older than my grandma. And so it was a very, and not a great relationship marriage-wise. So my dad grew up in a home that was religious, but not 
like loving, like not a loving, nurturing home. Like my Oma knew how to cook and bake and worked. And, but she also, they came I, through. I, I remember your Oma a little bit. She, she, was, she was, was a little tough. bit, a little bit scary. Eh? Yeah, she was a little scary. <laughs> she looked like my dad. Exactly. Like but the stern. female she version. Was very, she was stern. Very much. She was stern. Yeah. Very stern. Even yeah. with us, it wasn't a warm, yeah. like my mom is like Nana or grandma or even my dad is an Opa, like very different. But also looking at like, she went through so much trauma in the war. Yeah so much trauma and then moving to a country you don't speak the language and having to learn and she just kind of that shaped a lot of who she was and I don't know much about Oma's life but it wasn't easy and but my dad you know he didn't have a close relationship with his dad there was a quite an age difference with his parents and I think you know my dad when he grew here when he came here his dad was not as connected with his life and so you know he kind of figured things out a lot on his own and I have to say, my dad was extremely involved with those big decisions, like as far as making sure the finances, that we were doing well in school. He showed up at everything we did, you know, was very involved, very similar, our dads. And I think the nurturing side, exactly, he left my mom, but he also didn't really have an example in that of right. how to be a very involved father. And so I know that took a lot of, you know, working things out, especially you know, I was a firstborn and the only daughter. And I, I really looked for my dad's approval my whole life. Mm. And like yourself, if my dad approved, I knew it. If he didn't, you knew. And so it really was part of me inside of my heart to be like, I wanted to please my dad. I remember as early back, this is a funny thing because I love shoes. I was four years old. I remember this story. I was four. Actually, my earliest memories when I was two in the hospital and my dad was a part of it. Interesting, he brought me a gift and I remember the jelly beans my dad brought me and do you remember those weird, this is when I was two, those weird, I don't know who came up with this. It's like a, not a stuffy, but an animal made of plastic bags, like little tiny plastic bags. Um, it was this weird no okay. not really it was like not a really animal figure okay okay it wasn't a stuffy but it was okay. kind of the size but it was really in in the 70s okay. and my dad brought me this giraffe that was hot pink made of these little tiny bags okay. and a bag of jelly beans i was two years old i remember that in the hospital wow so i had a and i mean that to say i had a lot of admiration for my dad i wanted his approval he was very strong very steadfast. If there was an emergency, I knew my dad would be there, but he wasn't the first one to say, I love you, give you a hug, kiss you. It was more like, I'll do this for you. Exactly. Very similar. And at four, I remember my dad bought me a pair of shoes and they're probably the ugliest shoes to this day I've ever seen. They were Buster Browns. If you just Google Buster Brown, Mary Jane's Brown, disgusting. I remember four years old hating the shoes but I would put my shoes on every time my dad was around to go out because I wanted my dad to see that I liked the shoes he bought me, even though I hated them. I remember that at oh four. Oh my goodness. And say, dad, I love my shoes. I love my shoes. I didn't love my shoes. I hated my shoes. I thought they were the ugliest. I was four. I remember that. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Like, I don't remember many things like no. that, but it just shows like yeah. I had this admiration with my dad. Um, and then growing up, you know, my dad had to navigate through, you know, a European family he grew up where respect and honor was very important with my brother who was not so much my, we were the opposite I stro like really strove for my dad's approval right my you tried to earn it you earn were it. always trying to earn it always trying to earn it always trying to make my dad proud and my brother he kind of rejected that 
and did it in the way to say, will you love me? Even if I think that was his motive, but he went the opposite, like really pushed back and watching my dad navigate that. Those were some rough years. Absolutely. The dynamic of that. I have to say though, like my dad, his heart has always been for family and I'm so thankful for that. And you know, my dad has moved through those years and my brothers have a relationship with my dad. It didn't cause a divide in the sense where they don't have a relationship. I know those were not the easiest years and often firstborn male, firstborn, the the same sex. That's a very, it was more of a stallion, two stallions. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Figuring things out, you know, Yeah. yeah. but he's been, he's gotten softer through the years and much more affectionate in his words. And now, especially with his granddaughters, I look at him, I think like, who is this? Like mushy, mushy. Like my dad's strong. Like he loves to have a good debate. My poor mom, she is from the East Coast, doesn't like conflict, (sighs) likes peace. And he raised three really opinionated, strong kids. And we would have debates at our kitchen table. My mom, I'm sure she was her heart. She was sure she was having a heart attack because we would just be going for it. You know, at dinner, like having these. And my dad has never shied away from his opinions and stating how he feels. But as I've grown older, instead of, you know, fighting that or feeling like I've got to tell my dad what I feel, I've really come to appreciate how principled he is. He has never deviated from those principles and he really loves our family. And, you know, yes, with the grandkids, it brought a whole new element, which I think some of you listening, you've seen that in your parents. And it really is healing for you as a child, as their child, to see how they love your children that maybe some of those words of affirmation you never had because they were so busy providing and looking after the family and really maybe not having the tools as yeah, a just dad. just didn't know. Didn't yeah. know. And this is how they loved us, their love language. Um, you know, it really was a beautiful thing to see him speak to my daughters. And it was almost like he was speaking right to me. Aww. And I allowed that to be part of my healing journey with my dad, just be like, he loves my girls this much and is saying this. It's also it's because a way he of loves loving me, me and oh, it's loving me. Yeah. Right? And then when Jay had cancer, you know, it was a whole nother level with my dad. I've watched my dad walk my family through crisis okay. and that has given me a great respect for my dad. Like his sisters having crisis, having things and my dad showing up, like just showing up wow. and doing the practicals, looking after finances, moving them, helping them like the real hands on. He's been such a stabilizing force in not just my immediate family, but in his siblings, in his, you know, extended. But when Jay had cancer, there was so many times I would look out my window and my dad is mowing our grass. He's just come and he's just done something. He was over and noticed something happening in the house, just came over and fixed it. He would just do it, not being asked, you know, just pick up the girls from somewhere and say, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of that. Drop something off. I'm telling you like that to me broke something in me where I viewed my dad through a different lens of my own needing from a f- earthly father that my dad could never fully fulfill in my life. Right, right. It was only what God could do. But in that season, I saw my dad in a way was like, wow, like he loves us so much. And I, I have to also appreciate how my dad loves and not put him in a box and not say, well, this is how you should be loving me or this is what you lacked. Because boy, as a parent now, I realize, oh my goodness, I lack so much with my girls. I will not, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a journey with my dad. And I have to say, I'm just so thankful he's in my life. He moved here to Ottawa to be close to us. He left everything. 
He left his church, his community, his home. He left siblings. Yeah. He left comfort to move to a city completely different and on his own with my mom just to be here for us. Right. I'm the only one with children. Right. That's part of the reason. Yeah. You know, when my brothers are a West, no one's in the city of that we were raised in St. Catharines. And he, he moved here for us. And wow. all of those things, I think, in my adult life have really brought a deep appreciation for my dad. And I have to say, I am I am who I am because of my father. And I have deep admiration for his leadership. And he is a very strong person. And I feel like a lot of what I've admired and gleaned has come from my father. And I'm very grateful for dad. I'm very grateful for who he is. Is he still opinionated and stubborn <laughs> and <laughs> loves to have a good debate? Absolutely. But, you know, I look at him now and I think like, you know what? He has so much value to say. Oh. And instead of fighting back in those moments or being like, well, I don't agree. I listen to him. I think you have a lot that I can learn from and I want to be able to learn from. Do I always agree? No, but I don't, I, I don't ever want it to be where I don't listen or, and I feel like I've learned that in my adult years. I'm very grateful because it's been a, it's been a beautiful journey. Has it been perfect? No. Oh my goodness. And does family have dynamics? Absolutely. For sure. And, uh, but at the end we can say we all love the Lord. He raised us number one with a desire to love God. I think even above education, above everything, it was like, I want you to love God. I want you to have faith. I want you to be principled by going to church, tithing, you know, serving those three things and loving your family. Like you look after your family and those things he modeled and did well, so I want to say, well done, Dad. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, if you, I know you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Our dads don't listen to the podcast. But, you know, Mom, you can tell Dad that I've told him, and he probably will listen to this one because oh, he's going to be mentioning it. But yeah. well done, Dad. Yeah. We have great respect for him. And I, there is a security and a safety that comes when my dad shows up. I just feel it. Yeah. As soon as my dad arrives, even when Jay was going through everything, I, I didn't realize how much I was looking to my dad. Like, I, I felt like if I was falling apart, I knew that my dad was still there for our family and I'm an adult. I was in my, I was almost 40, but my dad, I knew that if something, I really couldn't handle something, I knew he'd be there. Mm -hmm. I knew it deep down. Mm -hmm. I knew he'd be there and uh, I'm very grateful for that. That's a beautiful gift. And that's a gift. Like that's a gift that many people don't have. No, that's it. It's, it's a gift that many people, you know, who've been raised without a father, without a father figure, like many, 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 many people. There's like a oh. fatherless generation of people yeah. who have never witnessed or just been pri privileged enough to have, you know, that kind of upbringing. So that's beautiful. That's, that's yeah. a beautiful honoring, honoring thing. You know, I think you hit on something really, really important that is relevant for every single one of us, whether we've had an amazing father um, that we can't say enough good things about, whether we've had a complicated relationship with our father or no father at all, is that at the end of the day, like our earthly fathers were never meant That's to right. actually fulfill all of our, you know, needs, hopes, dreams, um, even provision, all of that. They, they were never designed to be able to fulfill all of that. In fact, like our earthly fathers and even us as earthly parents, like our lacks and our flaws are actually designed to get us to turn towards a perfect heavenly father, mm. one who is designed to to be all that we could have need of and in whom all we have need of is found. And I find that freeing. 
I actually find that freeing because it's really, really important that where our earthly parents have have let us down, if we have the perspective that we can look and appreciate what they have done as opposed to what they have not done, even if the list of what they have done is very small and the list of what they have not done is very, very large, if we could actually shift our perspective to see um, the good that they have brought, even if it's something very, very small, even if at the very base, the good is that that person gave you life, Absolutely. even if at the very yes. base level, yes, it's I'm thankful that this person gave me life. If that's at the very base, it can start to shift our perspective off of what we do didn't get what we never had and maybe what we've grieved our whole lives that we've never been able to have or find. We can look to our heavenly father to be all those things that we never had. And so I think that, I think that's really important because the reality is, yeah, they were never, ever meant to fulfill all of that. And again, it's just another earthly example of why we're supposed to look to our perfect heavenly father. And the reality is that, you know, for all of us, for anybody who grew up in a home that was religious or a home that had a Christian faith, you know, even that in and of itself comes with sort of these expectations or these like um, character expectations of how we should have been raised and the kind of character that, you know, should have been modeled in the home and all the shoulds, should, 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 should. And you know what? The reality is that all of us do this imperfectly. I don't want my kids to look at how Jason and I even are walking out our faith and model it solely after that. I want our kids to model it after the way of Jesus because mm-hmm. that's the only true and perfect way that they can model. We're showing them a flawed version in our mistakes, in our character flaws, in our, and we're trying to model that humbly and open-hearted before them. We're not trying to model it in a way of saying, do it exactly as we're doing it. No, we're trying to show them the way, but show them that it's flawed. We're doing it in a flawed way. And I think sometimes, you know, our parents' desire, uh, you know, growing up with Christian parents whose number one desire was for their kids to follow Jesus. There's a heartbreak there if their kids don't follow the way of Jesus mm-hmm. or if their kids don't follow the way of Jesus as passionately or actively as they would have desired. Mm-hmm. So there, there can be even in that whole desire, just this disappointment or this heartbreak that sort of comes. And even, you know, we're coming into the age of raising adult children and into yes. the reality of yes. like having to let go of our kids' faith and allow them to pursue their faith in the relationship with God completely on their terms with the Lord. They're going to stand before God on their own, not with us, not like they can't stand behind us and behind our faith. They're going to stand before the Lord on their own. And so there is this like, just this, this humble letting go Mm. of all of that and really trusting the work of the cross and the work of the gospel over everything else. So I say all that just to say, again, if you're listening to this conversation and sort of having another layer of grief about maybe what you didn't have, how you weren't raised in a stable home environment, you weren't raised by, you know, a father who even 
loved you in a tangible way, in a way that you knew, or even had a father that was present. Like the ultimate, ultimate reality is that we can put all of that aside for the sake of the gospel because we all do have a heavenly father Mm. who loves us wholly and perfectly and completely and in whom everything we have need of is found. And that is not just like, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter on this side of eternity. It matters. And I know there's real hurt there and loss and wounds. But what I'm saying is the most important thing really is our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. It's not like your dad, as much as he's loved you and stood and protected you and mine too, has been a state, like has just been able to model for me and show me, um, just stability and steadfastness and loved me unconditionally. Like that's a beautiful thing. And yes, that provides a security. But if I base my security in that, it's actually not enough. Mm-hmm. It's actually not enough. I have to place my, the full weight of my security in the Lord. We all do. And we all have to get to that place. And so I just encourage you in that, that even if there's loss there, God truly is a perfect heavenly father. He is a good, good father, a good, good father. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that he, God is my dad's good, good father. I'm so grateful for that too, because where even his own father lacked, he can turn to his good, good father for all that he has need of, which is the greatest model that I, you know, have received from my dad, which is so, so beautiful. I love it in this, in this last season, you know, I, I, have been um, thinking about the acts to uh, prophecy, you know, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, like I'm going to pour out my spirit. And it's interesting because there, there seems to be a bit of a revival happening in the older generation of men. I'm seeing this in my own dad, which is Mm. so beautiful. And I just, I just want to say that out loud. And I just want to continue to speak that we want to see a revival, like a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our older men. Like, I just think there is so much more work to be done and they have so much to offer us and our kids and the future generations to come. And I just pray for that. I just pray for more of an outpouring of the fathers, the spiritual fathers of the church at large, not just our church, but the church at large, just to see that empowerment come and them continuing to lead as only God has empowered them to do, as only the spirit has empowered them to do. I just love that. Amen. I come aligned with that. I align myself with that and say, amen. May it be so. Yeah. Yeah. We, because I feel even for men, they have often maybe felt not as significant yeah. in their role in or, the church or, or seen. Si- yeah. Or sidelined spiritually. Eh? Yes, absolutely. That mm-hmm. they've kind of, uh, or even some have even abdicated the authority seeing a very like spiritual wife yeah. or someone yeah. that's got a lot of gifting saying, oh, well, I'm not as important or I don't have much to offer. Our men are critical and our spirit. Yeah. The older men, it's really significant, really significant. I love that you even touched about um, spiritual fathers. Because yeah, we may not have a biological father here on earth. And all of this is temporary because we're passing through our eternal father is who will be, who we will all look to. We won't be looking to our earthly fathers in heaven. It'll be all to our heavenly yeah. ultimate father. So good. It is, this is a temporal institution that God reveals his love through in lots of brokenness. And I, I also, Lori, I just want to say, I recognize too, like it is a very painful journey with fathers and mothers. These two days are very painful. And even having maybe lost a father this year that you deeply loved and you're grieving, it could be so, so painful 
painful. And so we acknowledge that. And I, I do love that even in the church body, as we do community together, God has brought spiritual moms and spiritual fathers. And some may be listening, maybe never had children. And that's even a loss, like spiritual moms and spiritual fathers that never were able to have children. It does not discredit the incredible significance. So many men, older men in my life that have spoken into my life have significantly impacted me. My father-in-law one being one of them, your father-in-law, Pastor Barry, like so many have impacted my life as I've watched them walk the walk, walk with character, how they've shared, how they've spoken into my life, what they've seen. God brings the community around as well. He uses not just our immediate family, but our spiritual family to really make deep impacts in our lives to grow. And so I'm so grateful for so many people in my life, spiritual father, Uncle Frank, He's been a spiritual father in my life and has spoken and encouraged me for years. And so honestly, those are just real gifts. And sometimes when we just take a step back and we don't look at necessarily what we don't have or what we haven't received, but what God has also provided in the body of Christ that he has used where there's been some lack in the eyeball to eyeball physical contact that God has used in the, the spiritual side is really a gift. And there are some incredible men in our church that carry the heart of a father that have a burden to love the church as a father for the fatherless. There's so many that are fatherless and uh, orphaned in the spirit, but also in the natural. And so we just want to acknowledge that. And I'm so thankful for the work of God in our lives because he is the one that we look to yes. and he's our eternal father. So that was a beautiful reminder. Thank you, Lori, for bringing that bringing that uh, to that part of the conversation. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That's so, yeah. So as we reflect on Father's Day and the coming, you know, Father's Day being today, what would you say um, some of the personality characteristics that you have gotten from your dad that you would share with your dad? Do you have any? Yeah. Ways that you're similar to your dad? I think I'm actually more like my father than my mom in some ways. Okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, some of that, just that, oh... Well, independence. You, you, you said you, you, you a minute Strong. ago, you were um, saying that your dad's stubborn, <laughs> stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't like say, to ask for help you himself. You're stubborn. Yes. <laughs> and doesn't ask for help very easily. That's my dad, the independence. I got a lot of the independence okay. from my father. Okay. Absolutely. I think even the logical side from my father, like the rational, like not as emotional mm-hmm. as I am. Like I'll look at a situation and maybe not as emotional, but look at like all the problem solving side. My dad's very much a problem solver. I think I have that for my father as well. How about for you? What would you say? Yeah. Yes. Uh, probably very similar, <laughs> similar characteristics I've got from my dad too. Um, probably uh independent like independence for sure and and uh, struggling to ask for help but also like my dad similarly to yours loves to help others so I can ask my dad like I can ask my dad to help me and he loves to yes uh, but he has a hard time asking for help like my dad says um you know, I, I would never live with any of you. You you would put me in a home if I needed care. Like, I don't want to live with you. I don't want you to have the burden of caring for me. And I'm always like, dad, uh, it would never be a burden. That would be our honor. You cared for me for 20 years. I can carry for, care for you for 20 years. So like, that's, you know, that's that independent side of like, no, no, like never. I can't receive help from anybody. Um, and similarly too, like the logical side, um, like no drama. Like my dad is like a no drama person. Like yeah. he just doesn't get riled up or like get into, and I'm, I'm like that too. I'm like, can just squash 
you know, can mm-hmm. squash drama. And I just don't, that doesn't really do anything for me. I don't like it. And I'd, I'd much rather just have like logical, peaceful, what, what do we want to do about that? <laughs> it's so true. And a little bit, um, definitely like the un, unemotional side as well, like steady, like very steady. I've always been emotionally very, very steady. And, um, and my dad has always been very, just, just steady, just very steady. Um, and so, uh, I probably am more enthusiastic than my dad. Um, you too, you're probably more enthusiastic than your dad. Um, and much more in the front too. Like my dad would not. No, same. My dad would not want to be on stage or in the front, everything behind the scenes. Yes. So that, that would be a little bit different. Yeah. But work ethic. When I think back when we were young, like my dad taught us young work ethic and like I, we, we've shared funny stories about our jobs. <laughs> well, we were like 12 and 13, 12 and 13 cherry yeah. picking and like, Seriously. like and my dad the farmer, me, yeah. farmer trucks to exactly. go pick cherries for the day. Oh my gosh. I can't Ex- believe we did that. I know. <sighs> and the, and like really we, he taught us very much the value of working hard and you know, you earn, earn to be able to do things, not going into debt, not doing all this, like you work hard. And then if you want to buy something, that's fine. But within your budget, like he very much showed us that, but also talked about that. Now, did I do that in my 20s? Probably not as much in <laughs> my budget. Worked hard. <laughs> Maybe not the budget part. Jay takes care of that. No. But anyway, all that to say. So, but I think the work ethic, it's always been there. Like work hard. I, I often, you were the same. We would have two, three jobs. That was never out of the question, the work side of it or how hard I had to work to be a really someone easy to lead a good employee that was always really important like work hard as worship to god like you want to be valuable and add value by how hard you work and so laziness was never an option <laughs> an option 9 a.m you're getting we're out of bed. up we're up yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah yeah for sure no, but i love so, that so good that's so, so good what is your favorite characteristic of the father nature of god Oh, his kindness, his kindness, his kindness. So beautiful. So beautiful. And how about I, you? I had, um, I had a deep and profound encounter like with the love of God, like the father's heart, the mm. father's love for us, um, in my early twenties that really revolutionized because I think I did bring the, this earning sense. Yes. I don't think I brought this earning sense into my relationship with God, Um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but it was big time intermixed with, you know, how much I thought God loved me was based on what I did or didn't do. Um, and you know, yeah, during my twenties and I, I would say it was a supernatural thing. It was a supernatural transformation of just truly understanding the unconditional and unmerited on my end, um, grace and favor and love of God over my life that had nothing to do with me. In fact, if I never ever did another thing for God ever again in my entire life, if if it ended right in this moment, like his love for me would not wane mm. even a bit. And so like that was an important that was an important revelation that came, the revelation came and it changed me, but the working out of the revelation took a number of years after that because that wanted to creep in again and again and again and again. And that sense or feeling of rightness with God or Mm. being righteous before God had to do with what I did as opposed to had to do with what he did. Mm. And so, um, so that was a profound, that was, uh, so I think the love of God for me is, uh, would be the number one for sure. Mm. And I think, I believe that the, 
the revelation of the love of God is an unfolding revelation that we're receiving for our entire journeys on this earth. But I also believe that it is absolutely transformative. And so, you know, if any of you who are listening today, you know, just struggle with believing that God loves you based on anything except his unconditional favor over your life, based on any merit of your own, um, I just speak over you a breaking of that. Mm. And I just speak over you the father heart and the the father's heart for you is one of absolute unconditional love. And that if you never did another thing for him ever, his love for you would not change. He loves you unconditionally. And what the reason he does is because of what he already has done for you, not because of anything that you have done or could ever do in the future. And that's, I just pray for that revelation to continue to unfold in your life because it is so freeing. Mm -hmm. It is so powerful and it is so empowering to be loved like that. And I, and I just speak that over you too, because the reality is that I know whether you've had a dad or don't have a dad, your, your dad's love, your earthly father's love is conditional. It just is. Yes. It's not unconditional. Our Mm -hmm. love has conditions. It has expectations. It has disappointment. It has all of these things intermixed in it, but your heavenly father's is completely different. It's like Mm -hmm. nothing else that you've ever tasted on this earth. And so just speak that over you and just receive that healing today. If that's you. Well, today as we close, all happy Father's Day Yeah, to the amazing, our fathers, our husbands, and yeah. the amazing men yeah. in our church that step up time and time again to be the, to be a the father, spiritual fathers. spiritual fathers. Yeah. But we also want to, number one, primarily acknowledge we are so grateful for our Heavenly Father, for his love. And that's so profound, Lori. Yeah. That's exactly, everything comes from a place of love. Everything flows. We have to flow from that revelation of his love and kindness in our heart and how tender he is towards us and how much he delights in us. And so number one, we are grateful for our heavenly father who is eternal. And that is who is complete, complete. There's no limitation to him and his love. And so we just want to encourage you to follow your king, your heavenly father. He loves you. He sees you. He understands you. He's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And he is all that you need. And hold fast, hold fast to all that God has done. Hold fast to his love for you. Hold fast to his unconditional love for you because he loves you so much more than you could ever know. Receive that today deep in your heart. And we hope you have a great, great day. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.